0: i could not orchestrate and this is one of those sundays where god is aligning his word and what he is doing in his church in his people and again this is a special sunday as we are sending out justin and jamie long to take gospel to thailand a place that desperately needs that message only two percent christians in that nation and while it's not illegal to be a Christian there, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ is not uh, is, is in opposition. And I can't help but see as we were talking about what the Apostle Paul was talking about in the fifth chapter about the gospel and being an ambassador of Jesus Christ. And that God has given to us that ministry of reconciliation, that In Jesus Christ, God was reconciling Himself, a holy God, to sinful man as Jesus went to the cross and then rose from the dead. That is a message that everyone needs to hear and everyone needs to respond to because it changes your status before a holy God from a sinner to a saint, to experiencing judgment, to experiencing eternal life. But that message is God's plan A, send it through his people, through an earthly messenger, saying, be reconciled to God. And again, I can't help but see that God is orchestrating our sending out of Jamie and Justin, really, his sending out of Jamie and Justin, to what is going to happen next. Because while the Apostle Paul says, yeah, I have been called to this ministry, it also cost him something. Being an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ cost him something. And through the lens of this passage, while there's something for every one of us here, you're going to hear me primarily preaching to Justin and Jamie for their equipping, for their encouragement, for their charge, and for the hope. Of what God has called them to do. So before we dive in here, let me pray for us and then we'll look into what God has for us and for Justin and Jamie. Hmm. Again, Lord, you are the one who orchestrates everything. There are are no accidents. So as we dive into this little passage of your word, would you encourage us? Would you encourage Justin and Jamie? And would you continue to help us to see the hope that we have in Christ. Indeed, you've called them to good work, but it will cost them something. But indeed, it will be worth it. So come, Holy Spirit. Open the eyes of our hearts that we might respond to you in spirit and in truth. And so, Lord Jesus, it's in in your name I pray these things. Amen. So the first thing I want to point to is actually verse 4. Paul says, as servants of God. And Justin and Jamie, that's where I want to anchor you today. You're being sent forth as servants of God. And that is a huge, huge thing. In fact, earlier in chapter 5, verse 20, you're called to be ambassadors. But here's the point. He's the one you represent. He's the one you represent. He's the one you serve. And you're not serving yourselves. And so you're you're going to need to remember that. You're going to need to remember that, especially when things get hard. When things are difficult. Maybe you're discouraged. And you want to kind of just medicate yourself in self-pity of entertainment or fantasies about things you miss back at home or the things that you've left and want to just reminisce about that, where you're disappointed, where you're discouraged, or where you think in, the, in a moment, this is not what I signed up for. Remember that you are His servant. You are His. You're serving His interests. But within that, also remember that Jesus came as a servant as well. He knows what it's like. He did that to save you. He did that to draw you to Himself. And He has called you to serve Him. And it's a great privilege. Remember that it is a privilege. It's not a right. It's a privilege to be called by the Lord Jesus Christ. So anchor yourself in the fact that you are His servants as you're being sent out. And there are a couple of principles of ministry here that we saw. First of all, do nothing that casts a poor reflection on the ministry of your message of Christ. Verse 3, we put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. And you know this. And it may be in big things, like how you conduct yourself, in the honesty or integrity and character, or how you treat people. Do they see Jesus in you and how you how you handle yourself? But it also might be in some of the small things. Justin, you were sharing with me this week, you're moving to a tropical area, right? It's gonna be hot. And you love shorts. But here's the thing you shared with me. It's not necessarily a good thing for. A person's representing Christ to be walking around with shorts on, because modesty is valued in that, that society, and perhaps it might cast a shadow on the gospel. and so for that sake, to wear long pants in a hot and steamy environment. It's a choice you're making to not put a stumbling block in anyone's way. And I think that's a challenge for all of us in our everyday Walkings with Christ are are the little things, little rights that we're taking, because that's my right. But they're casting a shadow on Christ. That's not just Justin and Jamie, that's to all of us. What are we doing that might be casting? It's a poor reflection on the ministry. Number two, conduct yourself in a commendable way for a watching world end of verse 4. As servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. And that's kind of an interesting sentence there, because it seems like Paul's patting himself on the back, like, look at me, I commend myself in every way. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, we're conducting ourselves in a commendable way. We're conducting ourselves in a way in which even those who maybe even oppose us, we're operating in an admirable way. So when people look at us and go, you know what, I disagree with that, but I, I commend them for how they're going about that. I commend them for their character. And so it's going to reflect itself in three ways. Number one, in your commitment. Again, it's going to cost you something. And folks, if you're taking notes, I would encourage you just to, get the main points, because there's such a big catalog of things Paul talks about that you're going to have no room on your paper, and you're just going to get lost. So just, just focus on the big picture here. So in persevering in, in difficult circumstances and opposition, verse 4, we commend ourselves in great endurance, in troubles, in hardships, and distresses, in beatings, and imprisonments, in riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and in hunger. Paul is is listing these things that he has been willing to endure in order that the gospel might go forward. Basically he's saying, whatever it takes, I am willing to endure these things. Now I'm not saying that what Paul lists here you're going to go through one for one, but I'm also going to tell you that none of these things, you're not exempt of any of these qualities here also. But there are four things I would like you to think about employing here. Number one, great endurance. You're coming to a place where it's a new culture, and you're going to learn a new language, and that's going to take a lot of endurance to go over that vocab, to try and get that accent just right, to learn the ways of a people you don't know. It's going to take great endurance. But also, you're going to have to endure because you'll probably experience resistance, opposition. From a spiritual level, you know, Satan is not happy that you're bringing the truth of the gospel to these people. So those, his influence on people, they're going to try and resist you, discourage you, put obstacles in your way to wear you out. But show endurance. Exercise great endurance. Listen to me. You're playing the long game, so to speak. The long game of hanging in there so that people see who you are in Christ and then they get to respond to that. It's going to take a while to break through, but show great endurance. They see Christ in you. Number two, in distresses, the word there in the NIV, uh, in, at the end of verse 4. The Greek word there is stenosis. And many of you may know this, if you've experienced spinal stenosis, where the it, word it means narrowing. But in the Greek it means narrowing, or being in a narrow or tough place. You will probably experience the narrowing of your resources. The thing you could order and it'd be there in two days, it may take two months. The opportunities or the protections that you had that were this wide, now they may be this wide. There's going to be a narrowing of the earthly pleasures or, I should say, privileges that you had. You're going to feel hemmed in at moments. You're going to be just like Moses. Moses and the people of God at the edge of the Red Sea. But it's at that point you have an opportunity to see God at work. To see Him deliver you. To see Him provide. And it's a chance for you to depend upon Him. So in that narrowing, say, God, we are looking to you. Then hard work. This will probably be the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. You're starting something new, and it will require Tremendous startup energy, tremendous commitment. And you may stumble, you may make mistakes, and that's okay. That's okay, because God's not limited by that. But no, it'll be worth the effort the effort that you will put forth. You'll be giving your life, but you'll be giving life to those you've come to minister to. And it'll be the hardest thing and the best thing you've ever done. So don't be discouraged if it's hard work. It may not come quickly. But as you give yourself to the work, He will bring a harvest in due time. And then last of all, sleepless nights. I'm going to tell you the enemy is going to attack you when you get there. And you're going to wonder, did I make the right decision? Is this what God really called us to? Did we make a mistake? And you'll have that period, and then that will pass. You'll have a sleepless night. But then a new sleeplessness will come. It's what I call the burden. The burden for the people that you've come to reach. That they need Jesus. They need Christ. And there are obstacles in the way. And you'll need to be praying for them. You need to be praying for them. But at the end of the day, also realize, and that's, that's good because you, God is giving you His heart for those people. But at the end of the night, you also have to release them. And trust that the good shepherd knows how to shepherd His flock into His, past, into his, his pasture. In all this, you are going to be called to endure, to persevere, to hang in there. And as always, to look to Him. In temperate circumstances or in trial. But I want you to take forth this, this promise from James 1.12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive a crown of life that the Lord has promised those who love Him. So look to Him endure. Number two, put forth commendable action in character. You see, before God's people are ready to hear that this is good news to them, they need to see that it's good news to you. That it's made a difference in your life. So impurity. And the word here is only used once in the New Testament. And it Refers to, yes, sexual immorality, I mean sexual purity, but also that you're just, you're holy. You're set apart as unto Him. Number two, in understanding. Yes, in understanding how the scriptures apply to your life, but also how does that translate to a new culture? How do they understand it? You're going to ask God to give you the key, just like the Apostle Paul in Athens in Acts 17 where he preached his sermon about an unknown God being made known. So pray for that understanding. And patience and kindness. I don't know about you, but I look around our world, and there's not a lot of patience. There's not a lot of kindness. So often we want to punish people for what we see as their mistakes. God, who is the source of all righteousness, He patiently awaits for all of us to turn to Him to find His kindness. But a watching world needs to see the patience of the living God in us. The kindness of the living God in us. And in the Holy Spirit. You know this already. But what you're being called to is way beyond you. You don't have it, but Jesus does. The Christ that comes in you to give you the power, to give you the strength, to give you the ability that you do not have. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So maybe you let me look at your gifting, your own talents and go, I don't have it. But Jesus, you do. Be encouraged by that. Don't look at what you think you can do Look at what God can do in you and through you. He's the one you depend upon. He's the one you trust in. Abide well in Him. Insincere love. We've got lots of people who will fame friendliness and love, right? To sell you a product. To up, you know, upsell you in the, in the restaurant. What have you. But what people really want to know is, do you really love them? Do you really care about them? Do you really have the heart of Christ for them? And that you will have to pray for as well. But that's okay. That's what He can do in you as well. And in truthful speech, now that is a... This is one of those moments where I kind of disagree with the translation. Because I think it's better translated in, in the word of truth, really speaking to God's word. We're the Berean Community Church. You know us. Everything we do, we want it to be anchored in God's Word because it is God's active and living and breathing Word. And it does not change. So stay rooted and grounded there because we've got a world that's looking to change truth for whatever whims they want. Stay rooted and grounded in that Word of Truth. And then the power of God, again, trusting that God, who called you, can do more than you can ask or think you can do. Don't limit Him by what you think you can do. His power. And then with weapons of righteousness in the the right hand and the left. You're going into a battle. You're heading into a battle. But it's not flesh and blood. It's not tanks and guns and what have you. It's A spiritual battle. A spiritual battle for the truth. For the souls of men and women who are blinded. Blinded to who the living God is and the good news that He wants to give them and change their hearts. They're blinded by not being able to see the righteousness of God and then to see His grace. That's what Satan wants. He wants to keep them blind. And you are in a battle. But you have the truth. He didn't leave you disarmed. And it is a gospel message, again, that confounds us, and yet it is beautiful. And You heard me say it many times from this pulpit. That God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. The gospel is an amazing message. A message of grace that we don't understand. He takes the penalty upon himself on the cross. That he might be perfectly just. And then he gives us his righteousness. And our world so desperately needs to hear that. But again, it's not dependent upon ourselves. It's dependent upon what God has done. He's the one who did it. And number three. Number three. In surrender of self-interest in what this world thinks about you. Let me say that again. Surrender in self-interest in what this world thinks about you. You cannot be worried about your reputation. You cannot be worried about protecting yourself and what others think about you, your ego, or even your agenda. You, in fact, are being called to die to yourself. And you know that. But I just want to affirm that before you. And as Paul finishes up this part of this letter, he puts these things in what I call contradicting couplets. seems like he's saying two different things. Verse 8, through glory and dishonor. Through glory and dishonor. I don't think that it is without purpose that Jesus, who goes to the cross, and our world considered it shameful because it was a public humiliation. And yet it was that humiliation, that shame, that actually purchases our salvation. And he asks us to identify with him in that. He asks us to identify with it. Again, like I said, that shame brought our salvation, our reconciliation, and it displayed extravagant love. That's what you're called to identify with. But you know there's an ultimate vindication when he comes back. And what this world views as dishonor will be swallowed up. And glory will go to Christ and we are caught up in that glory. In bad report and good report, Justin and Jamie, you have to come to terms with the fact that there will always be those who are going to be looking to find fault with you. Faith in Christ. But there will also be those who are going to see Christ in you and speak well of you. Genuine, yet guard, regarded as, as imposters. You're going to have to come to terms with the fact that there will be those who are the legitimacy of your call, your ministry, whether that's culturally, or whether it's just ability-wise. But ground yourself and abide deeply in the one who called you. Known, yet regarded as unknown there 's a good chance you 'll never be famous by doing this if things go according to Hoyle you 're in this, in this world 's eyes you 'll be obscure, but not in god 's eyes and not in the eyes of the people that you minister to because what 's more important to be known and famous in this world 's eyes like a tabloid celebrity or to be known by the people you're ministering to as followers of Christ and in one whom God is at work and doing life together in Christ. You'll be known. You'll be known in what Christ is doing in you and through you. Dying and yet we live on. There may be a moment where something happens where the enemy, whether physical or spiritual, thinks they have done something and declared the death knell to your ministry. And yet, I will tell you this you will not lose one inch or recede one inch without the permission of our Heavenly Father. And it's always in the wisdom of His greater purpose and His greater glory and His greater. Success and victory of bringing His kingdom, beaten and yet not killed. <laughs> this is what the Paul, what the Paul, Apostle Paul experienced. The government may oppose you, and they may do something to you to say, "We're going to teach you a lesson." But I will tell you that if God allows that, it will fan into flames the gospel that you have come to proclaim. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. (laughs) There will be a moment where maybe external opposition brings you temporary sorrow. But you've known this. That joy is not ultimately found in our circumstances. It's in our Lord Jesus Christ. Joyful confidence. And what He's done to make you His own. Joyful confidence that He can take tragedy and sorrow and bring victory for His good purposes. Joyful that one day He will return and He will say to this broken and painful and dysfunctional world, Enough! And make everything new. And make everything right. That is what you're investing in. That is worth having joy over it. Even tears of joy. Poor. And yet making every many rich. You know, your bank account will probably never compare to Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or Warren Buffett. But what you're bringing to the spiritually poor is much greater riches, much greater value as you bring to people the word of life and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to last longer and worth so much more. (laughs) Don't be deceived by the phony price tags of this world. Having nothing yet possessing everything. You've divested yourself. You've divested yourself of a house, of Tesla's toys, and soon of a car. For this assignment, for this call, and yet what you have far outweighs any of those things you've given up. I don't know how you feel. But I just want to affirm that you possess everything in Christ. And I'm going to tell you in eternity future, you're going to look back and say it was so worth it. I'm so glad i would given those things up to gain the, advancing the kingdom of God. And maybe you might even say in spiritual regret, I even wish I'd given more. But what I'm telling you is it it is so worth it. Do not be deceived that in giving up these things, you are poor. No, you are rich. You can have a big bank account in the heavenly dwelling. But there is a dying to self. There's no denying that. Our Lord Jesus will say, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and the gospel will save it. In dying to self, you find your life. And I admire you guys. You've been exemplary of taking Jesus at his word for that. Last of all, you're moving from one family of God to another. So in expectation of reciprocation of Christ's affection found in the family of God. Here's what I'm talking about. The Apostle Paul says in verse 11, we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and open wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children. Open wide your hearts also. Now certainly in context, Paul is dealing with an immature church. Who want their leader, the Apostle Paul, to be a leader of flash a pizzazz of even self-promotion and ego, like our our modern day celebrities. But Paul's not that. In fact, he's even content to show forth his weaknesses in order that the power of God might be shown. I don't think you're that either. But to the greater point, to the greater point, what Paul is saying is, as I've discipled you, as I have shared with you the gospel and brought you the good news of Christ. It's, he's made his family. And it's a place where God wants to meet you and where he wants to meet me. And in your years here at Berean, I pray that you have found Jesus ministering to you through this body. And that's why it's hard to let you guys go, because you are family to us. But you're going to a new family. And my prayer is that you'll take what you've experienced in experiencing Christ in this body of doing life together as we talk about, of pursuing God, preparing people, proclaiming Christ, and all of that. You'll take that to this new family. And they will experience the hand of Christ through you. But I also pray that that will be reciprocated. That they will treasure you. And in those moments where you have sorrow and you cry, or life is hard, they come alongside you. And they love you with the arms of Jesus, just as we would here in Rochester. That's the amazing thing about being in Christ. Christ. He gives you an international family. But sometimes it takes time to develop that. So, in any sense, where you've experienced the family of God here in Christ, I pray you'll be able to extend that to your new family in Thailand. And they will extend that back to you. And that will grow. And that the people of Thailand will see that you are Christ's disciples and that you have love. Real love for one another, Justin and Jamie. We're sending you off, and that is hard. And we're Taco Bell for a while, brother. That's that's frosting, and that's hard. But I want to remind you that God has called you to be His servants. Remember that. Remember the privilege you've been given in that. And I want to encourage you, continue not to put any, anything in the way that's going to cast a shadow on the gospel or His message. To continue in commendable action and Justin and Jamie, you've demonstrated that here. But to endure when it's hard. In your character, godly character rooted in Christ, not generated by yourself, but rooted in in abiding in Him. And third of all, to continue to surrender yourself. To let the miracle of Christ in you the hope of glory be shown as you surrender yourself, his life bringing bringing life. And last of all, my prayer is that you'll take the ember of the family of God to our family over there, and that'll spread like wildfire between that, that family and you. we love you guys and we're sending our heart and sending you but it's our privilege for our Lord and Savior Jesus let me pray and then John will you come on up here and and lead us Lord we're grateful for this word I believe you orchestrated it for no one else for Justin and Jamie And Lord, even though they probably can't remember all the, the things that Paul listed, would you, would you anchor them in the fact that they are your servants? And you send them and you go with them. So we thank you for this. And now as we commission them, Lord, would you give them, empower them, equip them, all that you want to do in them and through them. And it's in the Lord Jesus Christ's name I pray these things. Amen.